0: Welcome to the Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture. Brought to you by Dallas Theological Seminary.
1: Welcome to the Table. We discuss issues of God and culture. I'm Darrell Bach, Executive Director for Cultural Engagement at the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. And our topic today is, among other things, forgiveness. And my guests are. Bruce and Tony Hebel, who are – are Hebel, sorry. <laughs>
2: that's
1: all right. Not, I, you know, my life in Germany – We'll makes forgive that, you. We'll forgive right. you. There you go. My <laughs> life in Germany makes that hard. So anyway, who run a ministry called Regenerating Life and have uh, written a book called Forgiving, For, Forgiving Forward. Correct. Correct. And uh, – uh, and they have uh, had a ministry in this area for a long time, and forgiveness is something that kind of pops up in life every now and again. A couple times, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it even gets a l- little spot in the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, so, mm-hmm. um, so we so we're in the we're in the sweet spot of relationships in some ways because how you manage uh, and respond to both the offer of forgiveness and receiving forgiveness obviously is an important part of relationships. So let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about how you got. Uh, got to this point in life, uh, Bruce. Talk about your time here at, at Dallas, and then and then how you ended up in a ministry that has this focus.
2: Well, yeah, we came to DTS in uh, the '80s, graduated in '87. Uh, did internship with uh, Gene Getz and um, mentored by a lot of good people here. And then we went into our ministry. My dad was a pastor, so I kind of knew what was what what ministry was about. I thought uh-huh. and thought I would learn some things from my dad and get better and and uh-huh. not be hurt like he does. Uh-huh. You know, because let's just face it, sheep bite. Right. Yeah. And so we go into our ministry and we get hurt mm-hmm. uh, a lot, mm-hmm. really deeply, mm-hmm. multiple times, multiple places over many years. Mm. And we suffered the consequences of unforgiveness in our own heart. Mm. Um, in fact, when one of Tony's one of our darkest moments, Tony calls a focus on the family pastoral hotline for help. Mm -hmm. And they, when they heard our story, um, there was kind of silence on the other end of the line. Mm. And the guy broke the silence by saying, that's the worst story we've ever heard. Why are you still doing ministry? And uh, it's because I was our call. Mm -hmm. And so there was a, point in my life about a year where the ministry is going well I come into a church that needed a lot of development it was kind of in crisis and we brought some healing to it it was moving well and my gifts were going flowing well leadership teaching all that stuff but inside I was kind of a mess mm-hmm. and a friend of mine challenged me about forgiveness mm-hmm. and uh, I said no nah, no nah, I dealt with that because mm-hmm. I'm a pastor we mm-hmm. deal with that we're supposed right, to have that right. together right? right and he challenged me to go away and just spend some time with God so about three or four days, just me and God, and and God confronted me hmm. in the midst of that about a guy that I thought I'd forgiven that I would was, was struggling with for this whole year. I'm just in torment because of an old scab got knocked off by a current wound. Hmm. And most of the time, we find that people who uh, you know the, the wounds of today are really hitting wounds of the past. Mm-hmm. And when I chose to forgive, it just changed my life. It, I mean that that whole encounter in that lake house with God uh, just freed my spirit in such an amazing way. And I went home and shared it with Tony and she got free. We shared it with our kids, spent 11 hours in one day with our kids dealing with old stuff Mm. and we got free. Mm. It was amazing. Mm. Um,
1: and you formed a ministry from there.
2: Well, out of that, God gave us another graduate exam uh-huh. to forgive right out of that. Uh-huh. And uh, and then after a period of time, we were planning a little church and we were doing well. And, and, and the church was really healthy, Uh, people would come, get free, they'd go back where they were, Uh you know, so our church was not really growing that well, but Uh God was doing amazing things. And Bruce Wilkinson is the one who kind of came into our life and Mm. challenged us, you need to leave the Little C Church and go to the Big C Church and teach this message, Uh because God had just taught us so much stuff coming out of that.
1: Interesting. So, So, Tony, you were along for the ride, right?
3: Ooh, was I? Yeah,
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> It wasn't in my plan, I tell you yeah, that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so where where, uh, where, did y'all minister? What states were y'all in, in terms of churches? Well, and we
3: left place? here, we went to New Jersey, mm-hmm. and then from there we went to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were there in a couple different places in mm-hmm. Oklahoma, and then back into Georgia, where we are now. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so north and south, yes. Uh, the East coast and central part of the country, yes. very different places. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dynamics the same, or or uh, or were they were, the, were there differences and similarities? How would you characterize kind of what you went through, just in terms of the general context in which you are
2: ministering? Hmm. Are you talking about the the, the, the wounds yeah. that we suffered, or, or the, the or church, the con- just, context?
1: The context. Yeah. Well,
2: obviously, different parts of the country are different. I mean, East New Jersey is, is a, a whole different animal than Texas, and where we were, you know, from mm-hmm. DTS, and then Oklahoma is a, a just its own little country there in mm-hmm. some ways, and and there's a uniqueness to that. Uh, Culture. And then, uh, Georgia, where we are, is outside of Atlanta. So it's a suburban area, a very affluent area. Mm -hmm. So we were in, you know, East Coast, we're in a kind of a lower income, not low income, but, Uh you know, just moderate in, in Oklahoma and then more upper income in, in Georgia. Uh, but, you know, wounds are wounds. Yeah. Whether they're from one area of of the country or one socioeconomic, wounds is a wound. Mm -hmm. And, uh, our yeah. pain was similar in each one just different context of it
1: right so um i'm not i'm not sure quite how to get into this but um so you're ministering along and you uh, i take it the first the first experience came relatively soon out of seminary mm-hmm. it did and you're just ministering along doing what you thought god had called you to do and rolling along and what uh what what was the
3: we, we want to be careful what we say because yeah. we want to protect the forgiven yeah um but what we went through multiple times was all actionable by law uh-huh so um most of it most of it we could have gone to court many times and won uh-huh. but we chose to burn every bit of evidence literally uh-huh. of uh-huh. what happened to us it was shocking because you know we uh, we went into ministry with a great passion to share the gospel to the world and and to be wounded like we were was – we weren't prepared for that. Mm-hmm. No one told us. I mean, I just, it was such yeah. a shock. Uh-huh. And so we were reeling from that time and time again. I mm-hmm. mean, our kids were hurt um, in very significant ways. And and I was in severe depression because of all that. Mm-hmm. And what was wonderful was when God revealed this message of forgiveness in a way that – I mean, we pastor, what, 25 years before we even knew what forgiveness truly was like mm-hmm. we know now.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was all friendly fire. Uh-huh. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's inside the church stuff, uh-huh. and which sometimes makes it much more difficult to process and deal with because you think we're supposed to be all together, but right. wounded people wound people whether they're believers or non-believers, right? And the consequences uh, in our own heart when we don't forgive is the same. Mm-hmm.
1: So did this? Uh, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm trying to. I, I'm, so I'm saying I'm walking carefully here. Sure. but Did this involve? Uh, some of the leadership in the church, or was it most just, of the time? Okay, that's that was my mm-hmm, suspicion, mm-hmm. and
2: so, um, and, and it's, it's always a small group. You know, you know, most most conflict in church, and most pastors getting wounded and back right. and forth. Typically, it comes from a small group. Uh-huh. It, it's never it, it was never the large context. Uh-huh. It was always just a small group of leaders or somebody who was but insecure. It's, or
1: oftentimes, it's people in a position to, uh, if I can say it this way. Somewhat figuratively, to do damage in the process, mm-hmm. they're in a yes. position mm-hmm. to actually yes. create, uh, create in a, some degree, exacerbate the significance of the conflict because it's not just with a, you know, with a member; it's it's with someone who you're tra- actually trying to set direction of the church with. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I take it, since you said this was unresolved, that the initial way of resolving this was to just move on.
2: Yeah. And some of that was not given. That was not our choice. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so, All right. I mean, so, that makes life a little clearer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we don't want you here anymore. Bye. Yeah, you know, yeah. we love you. Bye-bye. Kind yeah. Of right. But right. so then you kind of move on. And so, you know, as we're trained through seminary, trained through just life or whatever, as you, and most people, we say it this way, we salute forgiveness, but we don't know how to do it. Uh-huh. You know, We know it's a good idea, right, right. But, but how to actually pull it off and uh-huh. what to do with it is more difficult. So we just did the Band-Aid stuff uh-huh. like so many people do, and we we stuff it, and we move on, and we're good, and we're trusting God. And we're starting and, over a clean yeah, slate. Yeah, clean slate, yeah, all okay, that stuff. Yeah. and. uh and then other things happen, and mm-hmm. and then you realize that you've got wound you know, compiling upon wound, compiling upon wound. And if you don't deal with the first one, you got new ones that are going to come up and make it just make it worse.
1: Now, did you develop a sense, or do you have a sense now that there was something that you were doing on your end that was contributing to what was happening, or was it, or was it just? It was I,
3: really kind of shocking. We, there were, each situation was different. Um, Jealousy kind of came up uh-huh. um, because, of course, I'm his wife. But he uh-huh. got Bruce is very gifted in his in his speaking, and, and sometimes um, that was a threat, mm-hmm. and that's how we perceived it. And even agreed to this point. Um, but the, I think one of the darkest points for you, babe, was when um, one of the leaders in a very key position looked at him and said, "I don't know who told you that you should have gone into ministry." Mm-hmm. Because you're not gifted, and you should have never entered the ministry.
1: Hmm.
3: So, you know, you're gone. And it was a shock to hear yeah. that when our whole life had been given to ministry and in in God in, in, in a Christ you know, relationship. Mm-hmm. And we were told that you know, whoever told you that you should have gone to ministry lied to you, and you shouldn't have believed them. Hmm. And so that one was a deep one. Mm-hmm. But God is so good because out of that, we have helped hundreds of thousands of people Mm. um, and many, many pastors, Mm -hmm. and we're brought into situations that are deep. um, I mean, we've dealt with the molestation issue in our family. We've dealt with murder. We've dealt with a lot of Mm. deep wounds. And so God has primed us to help so many people. that have been wounded in those ways. We've brought into we've been brought into the black white issue in America mm-hmm. in a very significant way, and it mm-hmm. brought God has used us there. Um, Jewish Jews and Arabs. We've been brought into that situation in Israel. Um, so anyhow, God was what God was doing was training us mm-hmm. for what He really put us on the planet to do.
1: Mm. Interesting,
2: yeah. And to answer, you know, there was never anything actionable against us, and it was brought up any anything. Uh But obviously, we're all not perfect. Neither one of us are perfect, Mm -hmm. and and, and so oftentimes in leadership, we expect perfection, or we have a, 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 a mindset of what someone's supposed to be and do, and we don't deal with their their failures, their fall, their flaws, their. Weaknesses is probably a better term, The things that they're not good at, mm-hmm. and we kind of – people can manipulate those to get their way on certain things. So was were we perfect in, in our whole life in ministry? Absolutely not, but none of it really seemed to uh, justify some of the things that happened to us. Hmm. But as Tony was saying, God uses what he doesn't plan and manipulates it to where it looks like he planned it that way all along. Uh-huh. And so he takes – uh, what he doesn't necessarily initiate, and he uses it to accomplish his goals in our lives and, and and take us to places that we wouldn't have gone before. So he's used the pain in our life uh, to take us to to do extraordinary things with extraordinary people.
1: You know, and of course, my mind immediately leaps to the story of Joseph where he says Absolutely. to his brothers, That's you, our story. You, you, attended, you intended it for mm-hmm. bad, but God's used it for good. Um uh, so that is that is very mm-hmm. much the story that you you have.
2: Absolutely. God permits what he could prevent in order to bring about his greater glory and our greater good. Mm-hmm. And that's really been the case for us.
1: Now, I, I not to do internal promotion, but actually to do a little bit of internal. I, I know you also participated in LEAD. While, in yes, we did. In we did. We, we did. did. 1998. So, okay. So that was going to say, tell us about mm-hmm. that experience. Did that – and what – did that play a role in the in your process at all, or, or how, where did that fit? In
2: it scene? really did. Uh, we were kind of um, coming out of, of difficult circumstance in transition at the time, mm-hmm. the way it worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it really was an important part. Of course, Bill Lawrence was leading at the time. Bill, right. Bill was one of my two mentors here, okay. and so there was a special part with that. And, uh, well, God— God just took me completely to the core, and uh-huh. I mean, broke me down in the midst of that deal, and then rebuilt us. Hmm. And we got a lot of um, insight into who we were, into our strengths, as to why some of our strengths impacted other people the way it did in a negative way, and uh, how we could maybe mitigate some of that. But can't always mitigate those right. things. So,
1: so, and and just to let people know, lead is a. Program we have at the center it deals with uh, leaders and it's a pretty intensive self evaluation mm-hmm. of of the of a couple really it's mm-hmm. not it's not just the leader who goes through it but they uh, you're it's the husband and wife together going mm-hmm. through it and it, it's multiple coaches in multiple areas and is pretty intense but it's and it usually is dealing with people who are wrestling with aspects of their ministry in one way or another and designed to help them kind of. take a a step back, take a look, and um, and do some self-assessment in the midst of that. So you found that helpful.
3: Yeah. Yeah, In fact, I think we've even actually applied that to our own – we do forgiveness coaching, Uh and we meet with couples all the time, and Mm -hmm. many, many pastors and their wives. They hear about us, they come to us, and we use a lot of the way in which lead – you know their methods, and we use that in our coaching. As far as I mean, it's a different topic. We deal with forgiveness, but we go to the core. We don't. It's not fluff with us. We're we're coaches, and so we don't. We get we get down there with, um, you know, where where it is, where what's going on. We take them apart and put them back together, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and it's been very effective. Yeah. yeah. If you
2: don't get to the root, you don't really yeah. accomplish much. Exactly,
1: and and you know, part of our goal in in lead, we're you know, we're almost in a. Oftentimes, we find ourselves in a ministry recovery mode to some degree mm-hmm. with the yeah. person. Yes, and what we'd really like to do is get ourselves in a position where it doesn't it isn't that serious before you're dealing with some of this, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've done uh, recently a lot of um, uh, of efforts in terms of dealing with conflict and getting out ahead of it and dealing with it at the start, as opposed to you know. Um, kind of just stepping back and saying, "Well, maybe this will just go away and, and take care of itself, and, and then find people, you know, who've been damaged in the midst of the, all that, uh, needing needing uh, uh, restoration in many ways." Um, yeah. So it's a it's a challenge in that regard. Um, well, let's let's talk about what you do. So so you went through this, and God kind of rebuilt what you were doing, and you ended up. Uh, You ended up with this ministry. Tell us about what this ministry... Uh, does, who it's open to, and then and then we'll get into specifics about, about dealing with forgiveness.
2: Well, it's only open to the people who've been wounded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Just those few. Just, the, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the people who don't never been wounded don't need what we teach. That's so, right. You know, so, so, haven't, haven't so if you're what, perfect, you don't yeah. need to apply. Well, right? I don't know. He, there, was one perf, there was one perfect guy who walked on the planet, when they kind of killed him. That's so, right. yeah. <laughs> he was wounded, too. So even, even, even he the, was wounded for our treasure. The huh? They do They do. We all get wounded. Yeah. So it's Actually, open to everybody. Um, we do a lot of churches. We do a lot of individuals. Do a lot of uh, couples. Uh, we travel this this year. We were in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we led a retreat in the Dead Sea area of both. Arab pastoral leaders and Messianic pastoral leaders. Mm-hmm. And even though both groups are Christ followers, they're they're at odds, yeah, right? Absolutely. Because the the sons of Ishmael and the sons of Isaac are not forgiving each other for what dad did. Yeah. So you got a 4000-year-old series of wounds. Uh-huh. And what God did in that meeting was That's unbelievable. Amazing. The hmm. people there said so they've never seen it in Israel before because uh-huh. they began to uh, historically they've always said these are our, when they came to these meetings, right. these are our grievances. What are you going to do to fix it? Right, right. We came in and said, that's the wrong way. Yeah. Because this is the answer. Whatever your grievances are, the blood of Jesus has already resolved them. Uh-huh. And to demand anything beyond that is to say the blood of Jesus is not sufficient. Uh-huh. And that's not okay with the Father. Uh So you have to repent of your sin of unforgiveness, and you need to forgive whether they repent or not. You forgive and you bless, and that's where your freedom lies. Right. And at the end of the the session, uh, the the last day, um, both groups got up, repented of their unforgiveness, embraced one another. Said, "Whatever happened has happened in our history, in our past, as as nations and as individuals, has been covered by the blood of Jesus." And we're brothers. And they came together, blessing one another across the room. It was unbelievable.
3: Hmm,
1: hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, so uh, let me. I I've still got background questions I want to go through. So, what uh, what was this like for you going? Through this as a as a spouse, I often feel like the spouse of a of a pastor is is kind of in this helpless zone. Uh, I don't know what else to describe. That's it, a good way. Where yeah. where all this stuff is happening, and it's happening to the one you care about, and you're watching it, and you have absolutely no ability to um, uh, no significant ability to uh, to uh, to address or 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 fix or control what's going on. What what is that? Right. What is that like?
3: It's it's difficult, but it's good because it put me in a place of having to really abide in mm-hmm. Christ, and that my all my whole all my hope was there. Um, and did I was I there all the time? No, I mean it was it was just very difficult. Mm-hmm. So. The way I dealt with it, which I didn't know I was dealing with this way, was to um was it just sent me into a deep depression. Mm. and so um and and I think it's because this so many things had happened and and they were you know, we don't want to speak of that because we want to protect the forgiven, but they were very, very, very large, big, deep things. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have never wrote my life that way. Mm-hmm. and and so, it was shocking, actually, it was shocking. So, we would, talk, of course, we Bruce and I have a very open, you know, communicative style of living, and so he would um, keep me informed of everything. Sometimes maybe that wasn't a good idea. For the idea. <laughs> I knew what I knew there were some times but,
2: I didn't. Yeah, but yeah. yeah.
3: But um, it, yeah, I came to the, the day came when I remember, and um, it was, and it was just in two thousand and six when. God confronted me with my unforgiveness, and Mm -hmm. I didn't know I had it. Because all these, you know, I say I forgive them. Mm -hmm. I said it multiple times, Mm -hmm. but I didn't realize that just to say I I forgive so-and-so really wasn't from my heart, Mm -hmm. as Matthew 18 talks about, to forgive from your heart. Mm -hmm. And to forgive from your heart is to really deal with what they did, Mm -hmm. to choose to forgive them for doing, you know, listing the wounds. And so I found myself at a lake one day, and... uh, I sat with the Lord and asked Him to reveal to me who who I needed to forgive. I knew I had unforgiveness, but I didn't know who I needed to start with. And so a name came to my mind, and I started with that person. And it was it was a deep wound, deep betrayal. And um, so I I just said, "All right, Lord, you have to teach me how do mm. I do this." And He led me step by step. We call it the protocols, which we can go over um, later. But and every single protocol is is um he made he just revealed it to me and i walked through it when i was finished i was completely set free Hmm. and what i mean by that is the depression lifted immediately Hmm. and and i was bad i was in the suicidal category Mm -hmm. and it was gone completely Hmm. Hmm. and that that was um that's my story and 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 I've been able to help so many since then because of that. So, forgiveness never says what they did's okay. It wasn't okay what happened to us. It was not okay. There was no reason you could. There's no way you could say what happened was okay. It just says that it was paid for, Mm -hmm. that Jesus paid for it, Mm -hmm. that they don't owe me anything. He took all the wounds on Himself and Mm -hmm. He paid for it. Mm -hmm. And so I transferred all of their debt against me back to the cross where it belonged.
1: Interesting. Uh, You know that Matthew 18 passage is a passage. I love, and I think most people aren't aware of uh, how significant that parable is, Ooh, um, yes. and it's pretty strong, it actually. Is. Um, it is. Um, basically, it tells us if we can't be forgiving people, how should we expect to to uh, to sense forgiveness, if I can say it that way, and to and to draw from it. So it's a. Uh, uh, it, it's a challenge that passage, and it's an important one.
2: I think it's even more shocking than that, mm-hmm. uh, because if you really understand it, when he says he he, you got this servant who is forgiven a literally a, a, a I call it Bill a, Gates
1: debt. Hundred, yeah,
3: exactly.
2: <laughs> li, literally, yeah. A, t- a talent was worth yeah fifteen years' wages. Right, so that's right. one hundred fifty thousand years worth yeah, of you're wages. You're not making that up. No, easily. no one's getting a hundred yeah. fifty thousand year mortgage anytime right, right, soon, right? Right. Right. And then he won't forgive a hundred days' wages, yeah. right? And it says he handed him over to the torturers. I mean, he literally gave permission, the authority. Yeah. The, 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 the king didn't do it. The but he allowed. He gave permission for him to be tormented. Uh-huh. And that word torment is used eighteen times in the Greek New Testament, and maybe one exception. Every other time, it is connecting with hell or demonic activity. Yeah. So what he's saying is he the what when Jesus says, "My heavenly Father will do the same to you." Yeah. He said, my father will actually give authority for us to be tormented Mm -hmm. when we don't forgive.
0: Yeah. He withholds his protection when we don't forgive. That's right. Um This episode is brought to you by the Truce Podcast. I'm sure you've been there. You're at an event, a dinner, a small group, and someone says something like, If you're a Christian,
1: you have to vote Republican.
0: Huh. That raises an interesting question. How did evangelicals like me get to the place where we just assumed we'd all vote one way? This season on the Truce Podcast, we're diving deep into the complexity of the 1970s and 80s to understand how evangelicals tied themselves to the Republican Party. It's a story that involves murder, corruption, redemption, and our need to be heard. I'll be talking with celebrated historians like Rick Perlstein, Pulitzer Prize winners Francis Fitzgerald and Jesse Isinger, and some of the best guests I've ever had. Truce is the show that uses journalistic tools to look inside the Christian church. We press pause on the culture wars in order to explore how we got here and how we can do better. Subscribe to Truce anywhere you get podcasts or listen at trucepodcast.com.
1: What do people think forgiveness is that's not forgiveness? In other words, how do we do forgiveness mm-hmm. poorly initially? And maybe it's not a great question because maybe we do it by default. So um, mm-hmm. uh, so what... what What are the things that we do where we think we're forgiving, but we're actually still not there?
2: Well, I think uh, one of the key answers to that question is when we forgive a person and we don't forgive the wound. Mm -hmm. So to say I forgive my dad, it doesn't work. I mean, for what? Existing? He's created an image of God. We're to honor all men. We're to Mm -hmm. honor our parents, right? But. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Mm-hmm. And so wounds are transactions. They're they're, they're they're injuries. There's debts in our lives. Mm-hmm. So you have to forgive the wounds. So it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't say, father, I mean, I forgive my father. Mm-hmm. I forgive my father for not ever showing up at my ball games for, for, for cheating on my mom for leaving mm-hmm. or for, I forgive my mom for telling me I would never measure up. Mm-hmm. So it's these deep wounds that we have to deal with. So to just say, I forgive and move on, you're not really dealing with the debt. Mm-hmm. And so those are, we, then, then suddenly it goes deep and it metastasizes into torment and depression and anxiety and addictions and all In those review. things. Yeah. 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 So it's important to say these are the wounds that I've suffered. Understand it's a pain and it doesn't say it's okay. Mm -hmm. It says it was paid for. Mm -hmm. So
3: because when we we just say I forgive my mother or I forgive my father, we're staying in our head mm -hmm. in Matthew 18. Is clearly Jesus clearly says to forgive from your heart. Mm -hmm. How do you get to your heart? You go down there where you were wounded. Mm -hmm. That's where you were wounded was your heart. Mm -hmm. So you take those wounds out of your heart. I see them like kind of like arrows being pulled out of my heart and I'm laying them at the cross. Every Mm -hmm. every wound is an arrow. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get to your heart is by declaring the wounds.
1: So you were saying earlier that when you really dealt with this in two thousand and six that God put someone in your mind and I take Mm -hmm. it that you decided kind of on for lack of a better description on a plan of action that this wasn't just Something you privately said. Okay, there's the name. I've checked the box and I'm walking on. But there was a there was a plan of action that you undertook when this name came to mind. Yes. So so what was the fo- What was the follow up? What did you what What did you end up doing?
3: Well, it was kind of crazy. Um, I just heard God say, "Do you really understand how much I've forgiven you?" So I started by just praising God for my forgiveness, for mm-hmm. the, thanking Him for what He did for me, and thanking Him for the cross for the blood. And then I. I'd asked him who, because I wanted – I knew I had – my heart was all uh, in, a, in a prison. And mm-hmm. so I said, Lord, I need you – I don't even know where to start. So he gave me a name, and I began to forgive by what we just described. You know, Lord, I choose – it's a choice, not mm-hmm. a feeling – to forgive this person for – and I listed everything that the Holy Spirit brought to my mind. Mm-hmm. I didn't even depend on myself for that. Mm-hmm. And he just kept bringing scenarios and things, and I went through everything he brought till there's nothing left. And then I, after that, I said, um, "Okay, Lord, I declare that this person's no longer in my debt, and I transfer all that debt to the cross." Mm-hmm. And then um, I followed it up by blessing, because if you can't bless someone, you haven't truly forgiven them. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I the verse came to my mind about bless your enemies, and this person was an enemy. And so I, I blessed them. I asked God, would you please do – and I listed whatever that was at that time um, to bless them. And at that moment, I was free. What was interesting was I was sitting at a lake at that day, mm-hmm. and I, I put a blanket <laughs> out. It was an intentional act. I went to this place to be alone to do this. And the, it was a clear day, and we live near the Atlanta airport, so there's lots of planes overhead. And it was, I don't know what it's called when those planes go across and there's that in little the, white trails. tail. Yeah. 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 Well, there was a lake and there was trees, and then there was this plane that went across the sky as I was – uh, forgiving, And when I got down to the very end of, of blessing them, the plane was gone and the and the white tail was gone and it dissipated. And I heard as much as I'm sitting right here in my, this, in my heart Jesus say, or the Spirit say, as far as the east is from the west, I've removed your sin from you. Hmm. And I went, whoa. And I felt such freedom I, that I hadn't felt in so many years. Hmm. So I was all for this at that point. I said, okay, who's number two?
0: Mm-hmm. Who's the second
3: person I need to forgive? Mm-hmm. And another name came to my mind. Hmm. So as I began to forgive this person, now another plane I didn't notice that by the way while I was doing it, till that verse came to my mind. And then the second plane from this side now went across the sky and this one I noticed. And when I finished forgiving that and blessing that person, the plane plane was gone, the tail was gone, and I was like, Whoa. So I said, okay, who's the third person? I was going to stay there all day. Mm-hmm. And I waited and I waited and I waited, and no names came to my mind. There was nothing there left that day mm-hmm. to forgive. And there was. N- I waited for 30 minutes, and in that 30 minutes there was not one plane that went overhead. Mm. So I went home. Now, that doesn't mean I was done forgiving. I yeah. was done forgiving those people. Mm-hmm. But as the days went on, the weeks went on, God led, led me in different scenarios to forgive every person who had ever wounded me, mm. and I was completely set free.
1: Now, a, a natural question, I think, that comes up in the midst of that is so um, this was obviously something that you did um, for yourself in, in your own reflections before God for your own well-being. Was there Was or there, has there been any effort to uh, touch base with the people involved or the, or was this?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. It's a great question because yeah. a lot of people, one of the impediments to forgiveness mm-hmm. is how do I relate to the person who wounded me exactly right. if they've not repented? Right. And and part of that is because so many people uh, confuse forgiveness with reconciliation. They're mm-hmm. not the same thing. That's right. Reconciliation requires forgiveness on the wounded party's part and repentance, changing of their mind right. on the repenting part. And if they've not changed their mind, they're not repentant. They're not a safe person, right? right. But God calls us to forgive before He. T- most of the time, before He calls them to repent. Right. So our job to bless is you know we'll reach out to people. But we suggest to people, unless God specifically tells you to do it, and most of the time it's if you're in a married relationship, yeah. that you don't go tell them I forgive you. Yeah, You let the Holy Spirit do that, because yeah. he's really good at his job at bringing, and if they, if they ignore him, yeah. they'll ignore you, yeah. and if you go to them and they've not repented, they'll reject your forgiveness, and it's another wound you have to forgive. Uh-huh. So we say, forgive, sit at the table of reconciliation with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, uh-huh. and let the Spirit bring them to the table, mm-hmm. and then... You bless them whenever you can. So mm-hmm. we've tried to this, this per, the first person close close to us. We've reached out. We we tried to bless. They've rejected that, and we've given them. We've blessed them with what they wanted. No relationship with us.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And so that's so we're free. If they ever came back into our life and wanted to, we're open. Hello, we'll talk. We'll 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 reconcile. We may not have the same level of relationship because those things have changed over years. Right. But but we're we're ready. Uh huh. Just like Jesus is ready for any of us when we come to repentance, he never, he never waits and judges. He 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 says, "Come on." So we're ready when we forgive first.
3: This reconciliation is not proof of our forgiveness. I used to always think, "Well, I, I must not have forgiven because I'm not." You know, reconcile with that person, uh-huh. but it's not a proof of our forgiveness. Just like it's not proof of God's forgiveness of us, He's not reconciled to the yeah. whole world.
1: So it takes two to tango mm-hmm. when it comes yeah. to reconciliation. You know,
2: and there's some people in our mm-hmm. past who have wounded us that have come back and said we were yes. wrong.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, others have not. Uh-huh. And, uh, Amen. Yeah. You know that's in that's in God's hands, uh, but we're free. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Um, the the distinction i think between forgiveness and reconciliation is actually quite important i can think of people who i've counseled in which they're they're caught i don't know how to say this in this idea of until the person who wounded me responds to me i'm holding on and we've talked earlier about what is not forgiveness right. um and and a whole series of people who have counseled in this one particular situation have said to the person now you're still you're still dealing with this, you know because you're mm-hmm. you're tight fisted about what took place, and they were wronged. I mean it, you know they were, they were, there's a, there's a reason for the pain yeah uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but they're also you know we also find ourselves saying you're you were wronged, but you're also trapped. At the same time, you're, you're you're this clutching on to this space and waiting for this response. In this sense, there's a sense of justice. I think that people Absolutely. deal right. with right,
2: and that's that's a great question. Okay, really that's good. a great question mm-hmm. because we we'll actually take it a little further than you. We'll uh-huh. say, are you enjoying your torment? Yeah, because you're being tormented not because you were wounded. You're being tormented because you haven't forgiven the wound. Right, because. And people say, well, you know, I'll have peace when I get justice, but justice doesn't come from peace. It never has. Mm -hmm. Justice only comes from the injustice of the cross. Mm -hmm. And we say forgiveness is applying the blood of Jesus as payment in full for every wound I ever have or will suffer. Mm -hmm. And when we don't forgive, we're saying it's not enough. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay with the Father. So the torment comes because I haven't forgiven. And so we'll ask people, are you enjoying your torment?
1: Mm Interesting.
2: We had a man who who uh, whose wife and daughter had been seduced by a pastor,
1: hmm.
2: among others. And that pastor is now in prison. Uh-huh. And then 10 years later, his son was literally murdered by the police. Wow. And it was two or three years after that, we're encountering him. I'm sitting on a couch, and everyone knew him as one of the most bitter men on the planet. Uh-huh. And everybody knew his story uh-huh. because anyone who met him heard his story. Yeah, right. right. And so when we... We're sitting there, and I, he said, I can't forgive either one of those. I said, well, are you enjoying your torment? Mm-hmm. And he goes, no. I said, well, and I took him to Matthew 18. I explained that to him. And when he chose to forgive the pastor mm-hmm. and the police officers who murdered his son, Everything in his countenance changed. Hmm. Everything. The man who, who was at the, uh, it was his house, and the host was looking at. He, he's never seen him. Mm-hmm. It completely changed him hmm. when he chose to forgive. Mm-hmm. Because if we're tormented because we don't forgive, the torment is a discipline. And mm-hmm. when discipline is given to us by God, when we repent, the discipline always ends, mm-hmm. and the tormentors have to leave, and freedom re- returns. It's mm-hmm. amazing.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, my I think this sense of. Uh, When the sense of I've been wronged overwhelms anything that you do, you actually perpetuate the problem. Absolutely. I did
2: for many years. And the
3: truth is we have been wronged. Uh But the greater truth is Jesus paid for that wrong. They Mm -hmm. don't owe us anything. And for me to – to expect or you know want them to pay in any kind of way is to say that the blood of Jesus is not enough for me. And it I'm is hear- to not really value the sacrifice. And I'm
1: hearing you say something else that I think is pretty important, which is the only thing that you can control is the way you respond to what's going on. Absolutely, you cannot control mm-hmm. where the, where the other person is before God. Absolutely. And so mm-hmm. part of that is giving up the the. What I would see is the attempt to, uh, and maybe this is strong, but uh, the attempt to manipulate the situation so that you get the justice you're longing for, which, of course, isn't coming because the person isn't responding because you can't control that part of the, uh, of the, of the relationship. And so, That's absolutely right. Jim. So you lock yourself into this cycle that um, you can't escape from.
2: Because you kind of step into a position you're not you're not built for you're not equipped you're kind of you're you're
1: you're you're trying work to work your above pay. your pay grade that's exactly <laughs> yeah. right we're on the same page and and, and so yes. it's a challenge in that regard because because people end up the, the, the I guess the ironic thing or the sinister thing of it is is that you end up entrapping yourself mm-hmm. in the midst of something in which that's not that's not where you have to be.
2: Someone once said, bitterness is the poison we drink, hoping someone else dies. Uh-huh. But forgiveness is the medicine we give to someone else that gives us life. Mm-hmm. We get free when we forgive. We're in bondage. We're in torment. Right. We've literally seen people uh, mm-hmm. freed from drug addiction by forgiving immediately. immediately. Mm. We've seen people free of depression immediately. We, we've seen people physically healed when they forgive. Hmm. And we don't ask for forgiveness. I mean, we're a DTS and I'm DTS. Right. I'm, I'm with you guys. Right, right. All right. But we're watching someone, a uh, one lady who came in um, to our seminar and she could barely walk. Hmm. And when she forgave, she's running up and up and down stairs and running around the room. She's 78 years old. Hmm. And absolutely free because there is a physiological impact on our body when we choose not to forgive. In some cases, not all physical stuff is that way. There is an emotional stress on our body. There's all sorts of things that happen inside of us that when we choose to forgive, they go. Hmm. And we've literally seen it. Ninety-five percent of the people, Darrell, that we coach Mm -hmm. get free in one session. Hmm. One session. It's long. Mm-hmm. Three, four three, hours. Three or four hours. But yeah. it's one session. And and it lasts. Hmm. Mm-hmm. We have stories for there are horrific, some of those horrific things. Mm-hmm. And then years later, they're still walking in the freedom hmm. because the cross works. Mm-hmm. It the blood of Jesus is enough. Is as, as instantaneous as me putting as someone putting their faith in Jesus for the first time that gets moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Mm-hmm. It's as instantaneous when someone forgives, they get freed from torment and into freedom. It's Mm -hmm. that simple.
1: And the beauty of what I'm hearing is is that It only takes it only takes two to get there. It takes you and the Lord. Yes,
2: it's between you and God.
1: And and, and so, um, Uh,
2: oftentimes we find it's helpful in the same ways. It's helpful for someone to lead someone to Christ. Mm -hmm. To be trained to help people forgive because most people who need to forgive need help doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's another aspect of what we do. Well, that's actually where I'm going. We're training people Mm -hmm. how to help other people forgive.
1: Okay, so so great. This is exactly where I wanted to go. So. So you're in a situation you're interacting with someone who you sense is, is, in, is caught in this trap that, that and how do you how do you um, lead someone into um, really almost this, this revelation that rather than dealing with what they're focused on, which is this person has done me wrong and, and something needs to change, and they need to change. Mm-hmm. You know? Right, 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 right. <laughs> I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's all, I call it owning our own junk. Um, yeah. You know, um, instead, mm-hmm. uh, uh, turning the focus back on how, how are you in your relationship with God going to deal with what you are mm-hmm. stuck on? And so, so what does that look like?
3: Well, we, we listen to their story. Mm-hmm. We let them tell all the details of their mm-hmm. story. And then we explain to them. We empathize with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do, because we pretty much everything we've heard, we, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can deal with. <laughs> yeah. and, so, and, and so we do. We empathize. empathize we cry with them uh, and, and, and identify that that wasn't okay that that happened. That's, mm. It's not right. But then we teach them Matthew 18. That has just been our our thing. And Matthew 18, when it was unlocked for us, was just huge. Mm-hmm. So we teach them about Matthew 18, and, and and we even kind of throw in there sometimes about the importance of the sacrifice based on Eli's son, Aaron's sons. You know what happened to them when they did not honor the sacrifice? What and that was just gold, uh, bulls, um, I can't Balls talk bulls and goats. <laughs> bulls and goats, I guess. Yeah. And so, um, but we ask them, we we ask them the question: Do you want to be free? Hmm. And they have to decide whether they want to be free or not. Mm-hmm. And if they say yes, then we say, "Let us coach you through forgiveness." And mm-hmm. so we take them through the five protocols, and um, just one at a time, and let them speak. They're praying to God out loud, and they and we are their witness. And then we watch the transformation take place, and yeah. it happens every time.
2: Yeah, and, and it, 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 it's there are seven protocols, but five are the ones where you get free. The last two are how to deal with memories and how to deal with future wounds. But it's very simple, as Tony was sharing earlier. It's ask God or thank God for forgiving you.
1: Mhm. So that's number one.
2: Number one. Okay. Number two is ask God, who do I forgive and for what? Mm-hmm. What are the specific things?
3: Because there's root wounds usually, and we need to we need to get to the root. Right. Let's get let's go all
2: the way back so into the these. A- so
1: it's the act, not just the person. Yeah. And every yes. couple who
2: comes to us, mm-hmm. the conflict, the the wound that's driving the conflict in the marriage mm-hmm. predate the couple knowing each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It goes back to dad, mom, somebody early. Yeah. Right. So uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals that, and He's really good at His job. So ask Him to do His job, and He'll do it. Right. Uh, then you repent. Of uh-huh. your sin of unforgiveness, uh-huh. basically align yourself with the mindset that the blood of Jesus does cover this and repent of 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 those th- choices you made earlier not to forgive and to dishonor the blood that's actually
1: where you're walking out of the trap yes, yeah, I mean you recognize actually,
2: yeah. I was wrong to not mm-hmm. forgive uh-huh. because I was wrong to say the blood of Jesus was not enough because mm-hmm. the blood
3: of Jesus covers all sins, mm-hmm. including the ones committed against me
2: mm-hmm. And so, and then you move into protocol number four, which is to forgive, forgive each offense from your heart. Lord, from my heart, mm-hmm. from the depth of my, from where I'm wounded, mm-hmm. I forgive this person for these things. Mm-hmm. And we just walk through it. And it takes a while. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will help us un- understand some things they need to forgive based upon their story or whatever. And we just kind of gently coach them. To make the choice to forgive, you so know, so
1: you're actually putting them face to face with what they're holding on. to. Yeah, them. absolutely. Yeah. and
2: they're making the conscious decision. And we're 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 coaches. We yeah. we're directive. We're direct. We if yeah. they say I want to forgive, I go. Ah, that I want a Mercedes, but I drive a Toyota. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? Yeah. Wanting yeah. is not doing. So right. I'm choosing to do that, and then we transfer the debt to the cross. Mm-hmm. I declare this person is no longer in my debt. I'm transfer the debt to the cross. That's protocol number four. Protocol mm-hmm. number five is ask God to bless them, mm-hmm. and look for ways to bless them when possible. Because if you cannot bless someone, you've not forgiven it. It's a kindness of God that leads us to repentance. While we were still his enemies, God blessed us with the greatest blessing of all, the death of his son for mm-hmm. us. So we bless and we ask Him to be generous mm-hmm. and, and oftentimes bless them in the area in which they've been wounded. And when you choose to bless, that's when we, we always ask, how's your heart? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And we get my heart is free. My heart is calm. I can breathe again. Hmm. One lady uh, who was molested when she was three years old. She's 59 years old when she forgave. Uh, She had had nightmares all of her life. Hmm. And when she chose to forgive her parents for allowing it to happen and the man who did it. She, that was 2009. She's not had a nightmare since. She's, it just changes everything. So that's where the freedom happens. Mm-hmm. Protocol six and seven is choose not to remember the offense when it happens. When the memory comes back, the enemy's bringing it. God's not bringing it. You're not bringing it. Someone else who wants to crawl you back into torment is there. So we say, I specifically remember forgiving that. And, God, would you bless them again? Thank mm-hmm. you, God, for, for the freedom I got when I forgave, and will you bless them? And protocol number seven was simply making pre-forgiveness a lifestyle. I choose to forgive everything ahead of time. I'm, mm-hmm. I've made a choice ahead of time that whatever happens, mm-hmm. the blood of Jesus is enough for me.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so it becomes a lifestyle absolutely, mm-hmm. to just yes. dealing with a particular mm-hmm. set of incidents. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah.
1: Interesting. So if people want to find out about your ministry, where do they, where do they go?
3: Forgivingfor. dot com. Uh-huh. You can get everything there you need. You can give us a call, um, but our website is forgivingfor. and we um, we travel the world. This is what we do full time. We speak in churches and and businesses, and you know all kinds of scenarios. Um, but we'd be glad to come help. We've we've actually helped um, some churches that have been really. There's a lot of unforgiveness going on, and, and conflict between staff and elders, and those kind of things. And we've been brought in and. Great life has come out of that.
1: So I take it, and we're running out of time, but I take it there are um, there are different formats that you all saw. There's the single speaking. There can be mm-hmm. weekend
2: seminars,
3: that yes. kind of thing. And yes, we do, right of there, so we do a lot of seminars. Yeah. We do a lot of seminars, yes.
2: We actually have a, a small group curriculum, a DV, uh, Forgive Me, Forward Home Edition. We call it a deep, an eight-session DVD series that's in 13 prisons in Alabama, huh. and just amazing stories we're getting a lot, that. Hmm. And a lot of hmm. small groups use that. And a lot of small groups use that.
1: So um, in the space of a of a weekend or something like that, you're able to unfold kind Absolutely. of what's going yeah. on. A
3: Friday night, Saturday morning is what we, we That's prefer. That's what I was going to ask now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the best because yeah. it breaks it up. at just the right space for them to sleep overnight on it. So Friday night, Saturday morning, they will have they will not only get free, but they will know how to help someone else. We teach that as well.
1: Interesting. Well, I really do appreciate you taking the time to come in and talk with I us about it. this. I forgive you for coming in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I forgive you for waiting so long. There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, it's just a pleasure to see you guys mm-hmm. again and, and to hear what God has done in your life and how you've taken uh, something that was very, very painful and turned it mm-hmm. into something that uh, – that God has, God has turned it into something that's been very, it's very positive. So It's been amazing. It's, it's an, an honor to be back to on campus. Story. We
2: love this place. Well, yes, it's, we it's
1: great to have you here, and we just thank you for helping walk us through what forgiveness is about, and I hope that uh, those of you who've listened may have caught a glimpse of kind of what forgiveness can be and how freeing it can be. We thank you for being a part of the table, and we hope uh, you'll join us again soon.
0: Thanks for listening to The Table Podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit dts.edu slash the table. Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth. Love well. This episode was brought to you in part by the Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.